the fly. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Witchfinger Horror Podcast. We're getting all Cronenberg'd up. Cronenbergin' up. up. I'm even drinking Cronenberg beer (laughs) (laughs) on purpose for this episode. This is going to be a good one. Um, My name is Yasmina. To my right is Morgan. Hello. To my left is Megan. Hello. And yes, tonight we are watching The Fly. We're not just watching it, we are embarking on a journey. We're living it. (laughs) We're living it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm pretty excited for this episode. This is going to be a really good episode. I have a lot of information about David Cronenberg. So for all y'all Cronenberg fans, uh, you're going to enjoy this one for sure. Um, He's definitely one of my all-time, all-time favorite directors. He's just, he's a genius. He is. Like, he actually genuinely is. I'm yeah, pretty he's sure. He's a genius. He's that- an artistic. Genius. Genius. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, like, there's so much information about this movie in particular, and also because the stars of the movie have such interesting lives as well. I feel like there is so much information that we have to pack into this one episode. It's going to yeah. be, it's going to be all of It'll the be place. huge. yeah like not just about the fly but we're gonna get into jeff goldblum and we're gonna get into david cronenberg and there is a lot to say about david cronenberg because in my opinion he's definitely just in the history of film a very very important director yeah Yeah. and he actually he's been uh i don't know anything that i've ever seen he he makes the top lists of the top directors of all time yeah for sure all the time a lot of lists that are like in uh lists of movies that you have to watch before you die yeah very very important influential film, filmmaker for yeah. sure definitely like i i fucking adore him um but yeah so the fly uh was released in 1986 it was direct- hell of a year <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. shocked me yeah. <laughs> Born Shadow. <laughs> oh, well, I mean that too. Oh, well, then you should be proud good. that you're born the same year that I Aliens am, came I out. Am, I am. Game over, man. That's how I came out of my mother. <laughs> Just like an alien, Just like, yeah. <laughs> like a chest burster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this was um, obviously directed by David Cronenberg. It was co-written by him as well, um, loosely based on the short story by George Lanigan uh, from the June 1957 Playboy issue. Wait, he wrote the story for, for Playboy. Playboy. Yeah, interesting. Very erotic. Yeah, so um, like you can find it in a collection of short stories, like sci-fi short stories. Yeah. But it was first published in Playboy. Interesting, yeah. and then made I into a that. movie with Vincent Price. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, have you guys? You, Megan, I just, you probably I have it doing research. I was gonna say um, the fucking the. I just remember the like fly head and just being like I can't take this movie seriously but it's like super 50s cheese yeah like sci-fi kind of stuff for those people who haven't seen it if you've seen that um Treehouse of Horror episodes of the Simpsons where Bart turns into the fly yeah that's a good one very fucking similar yeah (laughs) well the first movie yeah so it was made in 1958 and it was followed by two sequels I'm a big Vincent Price fan and Vincent Price is barely in the first one he's in Return of the fly more because at the end of uh, the fly doesn't like the son dies and yeah. then in the second one Vincent Price the father uh, investigates yeah. and wants to figure out like what happened so Vincent Price is, is more in the second one um, so I do like that one more um, 
But when uh, this fly, the 1986 one, came out, uh, Jeff Goldblum actually wrote a letter to Vincent Price and said to him, I hope you like it as much as I liked yours. Oh, God. And Vincent replied after seeing the movie, and he said the movie was wonderful up to a certain point, then it went a little too far. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, he was like... It was a little too much for He was like an Vincent. old guy, yeah. you know? And he like... I. Well, I'm I mean, sure. like, like any Cronenberg movie is shocking to like a normie. Oh yeah, <laughs> apparently, apparently at, at the the first Toronto screening, people vomited. That's awesome. You know, there's I don't always know here. There's always vomit here. Say. Yes, but you know Every what? Every new the Blair Witch Project came yep. out. You're gonna barf. But you, but you know what though? As if there's vomit legend attached to a movie, it's, it's gonna be much, good. Yeah. It's gonna be a good one. Well, right? I was gonna say bite. That's uh, our friend. Uh, Chad's movie Bite. Um, yeah, Black Fawn. When that came out, people barfed at the t- at Tiff. Yeah, and then I—that's how I heard about it because it was all over the news, and it Ooh, was I just like, oh, like, yeah, someone got up and like been puked in the aisles. It's yeah. crazy. And actually, I think that happened at the Exorcist as well back in the seventies. I think and yeah. Yeah. somebody was a passed. Big well, one. the Exorcist yeah. because it was such a a turning point in horror. Like no one had ever seen that before. Like I can remember my mom telling me yeah. that she went and saw it on a date with my dad before they were even married, and she said that they went and saw the yeah. movie, and then they they were staying at uh, their family cottage, and they slept with the lights on for days. Yeah, because it was that. Like that shocking, that terrifying. My dad saw it in theaters. I remember he told me, and there were like ambulances that were like waiting outside of the theaters, like just in case like people had heart attacks and shit. Like that's the type of thing where it's like we're in a place where like nothing's groundbreaking anymore. I know. There's no, there's no ceiling to smash or whatever it is. Well, I think it's with shock value though, and like that person. No, but I mean, like The Exorcist started a whole genre. Yeah. Like we've pretty much tapped out. There's no more shock value. I mean, society would have been one, but let's like again now. that society's out in public, what is there left to do? Uh, well, you know? I yeah. will discuss that later um, because in my notes, like, I have, like, a very honorable, like, uh, body horror mentions and uh, there are movies out there that still definitely are, like, groundbreaking um, that have those effects yeah. for sure. But uh, it definitely still happens, but it's definitely, like, The Exorcist would be the the top movie that I think that, like, kind yeah. of started that trend, like, because it was, like, very fucking shocking. Like, I, even when I watched it when I was a kid, I was mortified and, like, couldn't sleep, like, well, for, I mean, like, fucking days. If Serbian film is a movie, what's more fucked up than that? Dude, like, I know. Oh, that's oh, true. My God, I know. That's true. How can you go further? Newborn porn! <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it up I for love Gina Davis. Davis. She's beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so um, an opera was made of The Fly in 2008 in Paris that was also directed by David Cronenberg, and it was also scored by Howard Shore, who also scores all of David Cronenberg's movies except for one. Um, so he does the scores for the Lord of the Rings movies as well. And so the budget oh. was uh, 15 million, and box office made over 60 million dollars. That's huge. Yeah, that is so huge, especially I'm, mid 80s, yeah. like like a horror movie. It's it's a big yeah. deal. Yeah, and sure. uh, IMDb gives it a seven point five which I'm like but Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 91% yeah uh, which I can agree with and originally it was intended to be directed by Tim Burton and I'm so happy that it wasn't yeah I'm sorry there was a lot of stuff yeah that I was sh- like shocked there's and, a lot like, of shocking things about interested this about like some of the casting that they were had like thought about yeah, and like sure. what 
Fox originally had sort of pushed for, like, certain actors and stuff. Like, they didn't think that Jeff Goldblum was a bankable star. Yeah, he wasn't, like, they didn't uh, want him because he wasn't as big of a star. But, uh, yeah, so Michael Keaton and Richard Dreyfuss were offered the role. Uh, you know yeah. what? I hate, I, I can see both of them. Not doing it as successfully, but I can actually see them. Like, Michael Keaton, I Michael can see Michael Keaton the is, a, is a fantastic for actor, for yeah. sure. Richard Dreyfuss, he's funny. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. He's good. Um, but they declined, and John Lithgow auditioned. Mm-hmm. Mel Gibson was Mel also Gibson considered. Was considered, but he turned it down to do Lethal Weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, can you imagine like uh, the fly like by like like with an Australian accent? <sighs> no, you know what? I think this that everything with this movie worked out exactly the Perfectly. way that it needed to because I think that Jeff Goldblum has this like endearing like he's supposed to be like a scientific genius but and he's kind of quirky and yeah. I think that adds to the whole thing and also his quirkiness once he starts transforming helps to add to the, the character With as like he's the, turning the into the fly the ticks and stuff yeah it's yeah. very unnerving but it's something that I think they did that on purpose that, yeah. with the makeup too because they made the makeup like asymmetrical as well to yeah. make it look even more abnormal yeah his ticks and movements and stuff like definitely well and he's got added. such big eyes already I know and, like, and he's huge he's like 6'4 yeah, which is insane man. I know Sorry, tall I men like, though oh, I know tall God, men so mm-hmm. fun no, and you know, especially in this movie, he's like, he's like, he's like, he worked out really hard. You can tell because like he used to be kind of like a creepier, thin guy. Like a lot of the his Slender earlier Man. movies, yeah. he's like like creepy Slenderman guy. But like he like in the scenes where he takes his shirt off and shit, like you can tell he like worked really really hard for this role because I assume it would be a physical role. Yeah, and he just looks great. Yeah, he was like the beginning almost. Because after this, mm. I feel like his shirt is unbuttoned in every movie from here on out. He <laughs> has like a little bit of like chest hair poking out. Oh, when he's in Jurassic Park, like uh, Ian Malcolm. Oh my god, uh, stop! To die for. Stop! Dig up, dig up dinosaurs. Oh my god! Fuck, black shirt, black pants, black I know, jacket. I know. And he put that he put that leather jacket on, and then it never came off ever no, again. He still wears it. I love he's still that he's done. still fucking. I love the way that he dresses now. He's like fabulous. He's, he's so fucking god, fabulous. Dude. I think the kids would say he's daddy as. Fuck. Really? What fucking kids? <laughs> <laughs> say these names. Ew. Ew. Really? Oh my god. So like oh, a man. know that. That's so funny. Well, we're going to fucking go meet him this August because he's coming to Fan Expo in Toronto and I'm subscribed to the emails because I will immediately buy a photo up. Oh, I will pay money. I'll pay money. Fucking, we yeah. have to meet him. Yeah, he's, uh, Morgan he's is infatuated with Jeff Goldblum. He's, he's fabulous. Look at his hair. <laughs> he's your boyfriend. I would. I would. Whatever. Yeah. Even now. Oh, he's dude, like he's, old as fuck, but I oh, would. Oh, he's gorgeous, I would. though. Oh, no, he's, he's, aged, very, he's aged very well. Oh, fuck. He he's 65 very, years old, He guys. aged so, so well. His he, voice. He could be just, my dad. That's so weird. to me, like, just speak. Like, I know. Fuck. With his, like, He'd be like, uh, um, well, um, um, speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. In, uh, the way that he yeah. speaks. Okay, well, okay, um, yeah. so The Fly was produced by Stuart Kornfeld, um, who co-owns Read Hour Productions with uh, Ben Stiller, um, which is the same company that did uh, Tropic Thunder, okay. and actually uh-huh. kind of funny. Uh-huh. You know the character that Tom Cruise plays? Yes! It's, it's based off of Stuart Kornfeld, apparently. Is That's it like really? how he acts. Really? Yeah. So, he's like, so they he's like, like out there. I know, I know. Interesting. So, um, 
uh, just a like fun trivia, Stuart had a small role in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, oh. which I thought that was kind of interesting because Eric Stoltz also has a small role in Fast mm. Times at Ridgemont High, and he is in The Fly the 2. Set, yeah, The Fly 2. So I thought that was like a cool connection. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of interesting trivia and facts about the um, pre-production of The Fly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. It's pretty interesting. Like, uh, it, it's almost hellish. Like, when you're reading it, you're just like, holy fuck, Yeah, man. because like, how many different scripts they go through. It starts like, in the early 80s. People. Yeah, and it's like, it was rewritten so many times. Different producers. They, different writers. Like, no. Yeah. Like, and it, like, it literally, I mean, it came out in 86, and it's like, if it started in the early 80s, I assume it, it was like five years at least before yeah. things really actually started to to take off with it. Yeah, well, um, Charles Pogue wrote the screenplay, and um, so him and Stuart Kornfeld, they decided to make the metamorphosis gradual as opposed to instantaneous like in the short story and the original movie mm-hmm. but then the executives at 20th Century Fox they didn't like the script so they withdrew from the project so then Stewart negotiated and they agreed they would distribute it if he got funding elsewhere so then he got Mel Brooks's company um, as a producer and uh, Mel Brooks actually removed his name uh, from from the project because he didn't want people going to the movies like thinking that it was going to be like a cheesy like Mel Brooks like comedy Yeah, style like honestly, movie. I was my mind was blown when I saw that Mel Brooks was a he producer was like, yeah. on this because but, Mel Brooks is a legend obviously yeah, in Hollywood, sure. all of his movies, yeah. but he's known for a certain style and yeah, it's like, a com- a comedic slapstick yeah, kind yeah. of like silly kind of thing. And I mean, obviously he has a great eye because if he produces movies like this, yeah. but I can I can see why he would want to do that because people would just think that maybe that's yeah. But I what guess like getting. Mel Brooks didn't like Charles's script, um, so Charles was fired, and then this guy Waylon Green was hired to do a rewrite. Uh, but Stewart, the um, other producer, like he didn't like it at all, uh, so he they rehired Charles back. And just just like, smell, it's like, like, I know, right? So they don't they like it. They do them. like it. Oh, we realized we made a mistake. Bring the old guy back yeah. in. Like, it's like, what the fuck? So David Cronenberg was Mel Brooks and Stuart Kornfeld's like first choice to direct, but he was attached to direct Total Recall. Isn't that fucked? Which actually, I ended up reading like the entire trivia on uh, Total Recall, and that movie was even more of a clusterfuck to make as really? well. Like, it, that script ended up going through 42 changes. Oh my god. And um, apparently he wanted to cast William Hurt as Quaid. Okay. And, um, yeah, I can see it. Yeah, maybe. so like even... Yeah, you should read about like how Total Recall was uh, the like the pre-production. It's like it was such a clusterfuck. Um, so they at this time because David Cronenberg was supposed to direct Total Recall, they went with Robert Bierman, who is the guy who directed Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. But unfortunately, um, Bierman had a lot of problems uh, in the early stages oh, with yeah, that. So yeah, so he had to leave the project because, unfortunately, his daughter died. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she was so, killed in an accident while they were they his family were vacationing in South Africa. Yeah, yeah, so then he obviously had to go to be with his family. Um, this movie was just a bunch of circumstances that panned out for the benefit of the movie. Yeah, yeah it I worked think. out. For I mean, sure, it was like a bunch of shitty situations, and I'm not trying to take away from that, but like... Oh, yeah, no, no. Thank God. Uh, yeah, thank oh, God yeah, for that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah i mean it's interesting because like uh in talking about david cronenberg directing total recall so that means like total recall came out in 1990 that means that total recall was literally 
in the works for like like, 10 fucking years yeah i can see that that's absurd and i mean i think it's a it's a great movie i just rewatched it like last week the week before it's a great movie in its own right and i think you know you can't really picture something any other way but i think that if david cronenberg had had his hands on it it would have been an entirely different take on the movie i think that what paul verhoeven did is not that far away from what David Cronenberg no, would have done. But he would have like, Cronenberged it up. He would have Cronenberged it up. But there are some Cronenbergy aspects in Total Recall. Mm, yeah, Quattro. like that's very Cronenbergy yeah. in yeah. itself. Like but the mutant he, aspect uh, of things, I think yeah, he would probably have gravitated. I think towards. that it would have been interesting if he would have done it. But I, uh, but Paul Verhoeven, uh, I, I feel like he. He did it like almost like not just like a Cronenbergy yeah. kind of movie, but he it does have that feel already. So he did a good job. I feel like if Cronenberg had have stepped in at one point or another, he would have even if the movie was finished, completely finished. I feel like in his head, he would have looked at it and gone, "I need to get rid of Arnold." You know, because oh, he's yeah. so silly, and I feel well, like he was, yeah, like, he wouldn't have hired him. For you sure. know what he I mean? He would have hired. He wanted William Hurt to do it. Yeah, like um, he wouldn't have been able to deal with the with the it, yeah with the one liners like, and stuff. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't think Cronenberg would have hired him. Yeah, but I guess so. I mean, it worked out for the best because mm-hmm. the producer was Dino De Laurentiis, who obviously like did everything he's in the eighties for horror, and they had uh, issues with clashing about their ideas about what they wanted the movie to be and what direction they wanted to go in. Mm. So that's why David Cronenberg ended up leaving the Total Recall thing. And he was actually free when uh, Robert Bierman uh, was not able to come back to the project after three months. They waited for him, which was really nice. Like they they gave him time and then they were, and then he just said that he was like, I'm sorry, I just can't do it right now. And so they freed him of his contract. And then they heard that David Cronenberg left whole recall so then they asked him a second time and he agreed if he could rewrite the script so charles pogue's draft okay he definitely still took like uh, a lot of elements from pogue's draft yeah like key aspects yeah but he definitely uh changed like the he chronomerged them up he chronomerged them up but yeah like he focused more on that if you know David Cronenberg and his work, it's like to say that he Cronenberged it up. It's like you know exactly. You know what exactly we're talking what we're about. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pope's draft involved a married couple. The husband was the scientist that had been experimenting with the teleportation machine. So he goes in there unknowingly with a fly and begins the, the, to transform and begins losing body parts. And his wife finds out that she's pregnant and she can't determine if the baby was conceived before or after his teleportation. Um, so he shows the machine to his friend by using a cat. And there were um, monkey atoms from a previous experiment that absorbed into the cat's DNA, making a monkey cat creature. So that was still in Cronenberg's version, but then they ended up deleting it. Um, Have so, you watched that? Oh yeah, scene I, I watched it. Okay, yeah, yeah it's, it's really fucked up. up eh? It's really fucked up. Yeah. yeah, they deleted it because they felt that the audience would stray away from having sympathy for for Seth. Yeah, uh, well, Randall. I think they actually originally when it tested in Toronto, that scene was still in it. Yeah, and uh, everyone kind of lost. They they felt like he was. Like more of like a they, he was like abusing a yeah he was abusing the animal and they were concerned that it was like okay well the whole idea is to have sympathy for for, for Seth Brundle right yeah. so yeah. and with him sort of going off and like beating that weird creature with a fucking bike yeah, to death it kind of like takes away weird. from that it's on YouTube it's like five minutes long yeah. and like he like it's like this baboon like fused together it's and horrible it, it's like actually kind of it's really disturbing watch, actually because yeah. like we're cat people and like I was watching it and I was like oh 
Yeah, it is very disturbing. <laughs> but in the Pogue draft, the main, the husband character, like, eventually sets the lab on fire with him inside it. And at the end of the story, the wife has a dream that she gives birth to a horrible fly creature, but then wakes up in the hospital after giving birth to a healthy human baby. So it had, like, a happy ending or whatever. Uh, so Cronenberg... Um, rewrote the characters and dialogue while still carrying over like key concepts from Pogue's draft and uh Pogue's draft had fly cells taking over a man's cells changing him into a fly whereas Brundle became a hybrid giant man fly thing yeah yeah it was more like genetics based which actually to me speaks to how intelligent David Cronenberg actually is because uh, genetics and DNA was actually a very very early in its very early stages in the 80s and so the fact that that's the concept that he went with is yeah. like it's amazing to me because like at that time they couldn't even do a DNA, DNA test it was still a lot of like early in the early stages of that science and I think it allowed him a lot more makeup artistry freedom when you're not mm-hmm. changing a human into a fly you're changing it into like a human like, yeah like and you could be more creative like, like that you know, like, mm-hmm. well fucking Chris Wallace like he won the Academy Award mm-hmm. um, he did the Gremlins uh, and House 2 and he also did the Aliens Ooh, and uh, the Alien Ooh, guy that was a stain on his oh, fuck fucking off. career ah, you guys suck you that's my kind of horror so cute, uh, so I, cute like I can't do it. I can't do House 2. Apparently um, in the screening when uh, they had played it and Chris Wallace's name came up on the screen as the makeup uh, his like name designer. was like the first name. Yeah, his name was the first name, and uh, I can't remember who Stuart. it was. Yeah, Stuart turned to him and yes. said, you're going to win the Academy Award, because everybody started cheering when his name came up, yeah. because the effects uh, were so amazing in this. Everybody, like, lost their minds. Yeah, he, like, turned to him, and he said, you're getting the Oscar. Yeah, he said, you're getting the Oscar, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. He, like, he prophesized it. I know. Crazy. Well, he also did the, uh, um, like, the alien guy in Naked Lunch, and um, he did the special effects for The Fly as well with uh, Stephen Dupuis, who also did uh, make up uh, for scanners and Robocop. Awesome. And uh, they both they both shared the Academy Award together for best makeup in 1987. Awesome. Um, Chris designed the final Brundle Fly creature first and then and then did the earlier stages after. Um ooh, ooh. so we're at the part where they're in bed and she pulls that like uh, chip thing off of his back. I can feel that in my I head. know that's nasty. Yeah. Like computer chips are like so fine, like metal, yeah. like little tiny metal pieces. Especially like, in the eighties, they're like all know, clunky right? and shit. Yeah, they have the same hairdo. I know. So cute. Do you know what I love about them? I love that. I love that they were like a real couple. Yeah, they're da- they were dating at this time. Yeah, and he point. actually was the one that suggested Gina Davis. Um, yeah. Apparently, uh, David Cronenberg wanted Linda Hamilton. Yeah, after uh, he saw her on in Terminator, uh, in Terminator, and he wanted her for the role, um, but. When Jeff Goldblum got cast, he suggested Gina Davis because that he was dating her at the time and was like, she's an amazing actress. Um, and he had reservations, but they tested uh, a bunch of other people afterwards. And she had obviously she read the best. There was like, there's no, there's no contest. Like she has yeah. to have the role of this. Yeah, he basically was like, he thought it was a bad move to have like a real life couple work together. But she nailed the reading, and he claimed that she was perfect for it. But before that, yeah, he wanted Linda Hamilton, but she read the script and she turned it down because she was disturbed by the maggot baby birth scene. Oh, yeah, and um, so Jennifer Jason Leigh, you're a fucking Lee, actress. Shut your mouth. Right? I know. Uh, fuck off. I know, right? Like, 
like Jen- it's not like you're showing your tits or nothing. Right. Uh, so oh, Jennifer, nothing. Jason Lee, and Laura Dern were considered, um, which is funny because Jeff Goldblum ended up dating Laura Dern as well. Yeah, and they were in Jurassic Park together. Yeah, yeah. So um, he likes those tall women, doesn't he? I know. Interesting, because Gina Davis is six feet tall. Yeah, he likes She's some a- dancers. Yeah. Actually. Oh. Yeah. He likes oh yeah. Gymnasts. He likes those bendy ladies. I know. <laughs> Bendy Look too. at him have to bend over so far to cut her fucking. Skin. I know, I know because he's, so he's a tall. monster. I know. Oh my God. But uh, back to Chris Wallace anyway. at the uh, the special effects. He actually studied uh, graphic photos of diseases, um, and they purposely made uh, yeah Brundle fly look asymmetrical to like embody the human fly hybrid, which uh, David Cronenberg envisioned as being deformed as opposed to just turning into like a single fly. Yeah. Um, which is like he just wanted it to be completely different from like the yeah. original movie. And actually, it's kind of funny the scene where um, Seth's ear falls off. Like Gina oh, Davis was like actually genuinely like terrified that she wasn't acting. I know that that's scene, amazing. That was one take. Yeah, that scene was one take. I mean, I'd be shocked too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the ear dropping off thing that that cracks me up. That also in uh, Dead Alive, the ear. There's like an ear that falls off into the, into the, the custard. And, oh yeah, and the custard. This is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pleasure to meet you, Nora. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, the telepods, um, they were fashioned after David Cronenberg's motorcycle. And he named Seth Brundle after a racing driver named Martin Brundle. And he must be a racing fan because he directed this movie, Fast Company, which is about drag racing. Mm. Um, so that's one of the only David Cronenberg movies that I haven't seen. Um, I don't think he wrote it, though. I think he just it directed doesn't, it. It doesn't sound it's very cronenberg No, it's not. It's like, I mean, it's about drag racing. Like, how can you really, like... Have like yeah. appendages coming out of cars, so right? And shit. Boring as hell, right? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't sound that interesting. Yeah, because I mean, he definitely has a a certain style, but I, I guess like as his career has progressed, he has he has like certain phases of his career. Yeah, and like late his later movies are not really they're more psychological. Oh, and I'm less, gonna get like, into physical. those. I'm gonna get into it later. <laughs> yeah. But for now, let's talk about Jeff Goldblum. Well, let's do it. <laughs> it's time. Do Your boyfriend. It. Okay, yeah, he's so my boyfriend. he won the Saturn Award for Best Actor, and also The Fly won for Best Horror Movie that year as well. And yeah, so he just turned 65 in October. Happy birthday. I can't believe how good he still looks. Like, it's crazy. Did no, you he's guys fabulous. watch that? Did you watch the Cooking with Jeff Goldblum video? Yes. Yes. Oh oh he's so yes. fucking lovable. Like, when he first goes into the grocery store, it's like he's never been in one before. I know. He's like, he's like oh. so amazed. He's like, look at this. Oh, my goodness. And, um, <laughs> like, when he yeah. grabs, like, I love, like, before he grabs the shopping cart and he's like, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm not a germaphobe, but oh, okay, we'll touch this. And like the part where he talks to the cheese guy, mm. <laughs> it's so funny. He's, he's like, like, "You're not a che- you're not a cheese monger. You're a cheese master." Yeah, and then like when he's having the so conversation polite. with him, and he's like, "This is the most interesting conversation I've ever had." Like, <laughs> really? Is it Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, like Jeff right? Goldblum, the most interesting conversation you've ever had is with a guy who fucking works the cheese counter. <laughs> he's a cheese master. Oh my it's god! Very, I got very go in like a loop of interviews, like nice. late yeah. night interviews, and just mm-hmm. like talk show interviews, just like a loop of him being 
so soft spoken and so polite. Him. He is fantastic. And he crosses his legs in every interview like a dainty fucking. Oh, I and like when he puts his hand it. up to oh his mouth, like when God. he talks, like even at the beginning of that cooking with Jeff Goldblum video, oh. and he's like playing piano and he's like singing. Oh, it's a lovely day. Uh, hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> and he plays piano. Yeah, which he's is like he's, he's an actually accomplished. Yeah, jazz he's pianist. actually a jazz pianist, oh. and his uh, jazz band. He has a jazz band, so and they're called Jeff Goldblum and the Mildred. Snitzer Orchestra oh my and God. fucking Pete Weller. Peter Weller is yeah. in the band. It's hilarious because they're in a band together in the Adventures of Buckaroo, Buckaroo Bonsai and the Eighth Dimension. <laughs> well, you know what though? That's interesting because I bet you Peter Weller also is like a really great musician, and they probably met on the set and because sta- yeah, and, and stayed friends. I know. Yeah. And now they just fucking are a bunch of like old guys that jam together. That's yeah, fucking hilarious. So he, they, I'm not sure if Peter Weller is still in the band. Now, but um, Jeff Goldblum will he'll, he just played a show uh, last year at the Jazz Bar in LA, but he does like stand up in between the songs. Oh my god! And I watched like oh half of his set, and he's like talking about like he's asking the audience like which shoes of his they would fuck, and he was oh like, "Would you god. fuck my loafers or would you fuck my slippers?" And then like everyone would be like shouting like loafers, and he's like, I- I- "I'm just disturbed that you would have sex with my shoes." <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like just one of the best humans on earth. I think yeah. he's one of the most interesting men in the world. He really yeah. is. Truly, like, most interesting conversation I've ever had. Truly, <laughs> with a guy who sells cheese. I know. At Ralph's. Like Jesus Christ. Okay, so his first role, he just played a thug in Death Wish. Have you seen? Have you watched the scene that he's in? No. In Death Wish, no. yes. Um, he actually, and I didn't even watch it for research. I just watched it because it's Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, I've never seen Death Wish in its entirety, but he plays like a rapist guy. He's like uh. in a convenience store, a grocery store, and he's like following this girl. Uh, and I don't, cause I don't really know like the context of if that girl in the movie is like a main star or whatever. But so he follows her. He's harassing her in the grocery store, and he like. I guess somehow gets to her house and like is like waiting for her and she like, comes, oh, Jeff Goldblum, she, you're waiting like, for me. Yeah, okay. like, yeah, like, okay. and she comes yeah, okay. into okay. her okay. house, okay. and he's got, like, a couple other thug guys, so, like, he's, like, like sexually harassing her, just being a creep or whatever, and then so she comes home, and he's in her house with these dudes, and then, like, he rapes her. Oh it's my God. horrible. Weird. Wait, he, like, plays, like, a creep. No, he, no, 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 I don't think he's ever shown Does he spit on her? Megan's like, does he choke her out? Oh my god. Yeah, so I've seen, yeah, but like, I don't know, he plays like a young thug guy, but I don't know, he doesn't seem that thug-ish creepy to me no no he's not creepy i'd be like oh jeff goldblum you're in my house and you want to take your clothes off okay cool that's yeah sorry, i'm down that's cool um well he also has a smart uh i love annie hall it's like my favorite woody allen movie and he has a small part in that movie but it's very memorable and it's so good like he's driving woody allen and annie hall like he plays annie's brother and he's driving them to the airport or the bus station or something and it's like during this like terrible like thunderstorm like raining and stuff at night and he's like telling Woody Allen who's sitting in the passenger seat like a story about like a murderer on a road that they're on that's just like the road that they're driving on and he's like driving with his like spooky eyes and shit oh. and like he's fucking, like, <laughs> like scaring the shit out of Woody Allen <laughs> it's so good I fucking love it oh so much oh my god he's amazing um, he was also the voice for uh, Apple 
Yeah. And uh, Toyota commercials. Really strange. As well as a facial cream line. For Procter & Gamble. Yeah. Boo! He was married to Patricia Gall for six years. Uh, she's also an actress, and they were both in Silverado together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, this is kind of interesting, she also played a stewardess in Into the Night, which oh. is the movie with Jeff Goldblum and Michelle Pfeiffer. And Clue Gulliger. And Clue Gulliger. And uh, Dan Aykroyd, I think, is in that yeah, movie. Yeah, well. I, I haven't seen that movie. I really want to watch no, it. And actually, interesting about that, David Cronenberg is in that movie as well. Yes, he is. Yes, yes he yeah. is. Isn't that strange? Very strange. Yeah, I think, and maybe they met somehow, and that's how, like, I mean, how else would David Cronenberg really, like, have come in contact with Jeff Goldblum yeah. in the first place? But yeah, maybe they met, and that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, but then he was married to Gina Davis for three years, um, and they were in three movies together. So aside from The Fly, they're also in Earth Girls Are Easy. Terrible. Yeah. I can't. I can't. I I'm sorry. I'm terrible. I can't do it. Okay, I'm not. Okay, I remember when it was on TV when I was a kid. I don't really remember specifics, but then last year, you tried. To I, watch I it. tried to watch I it, and I forgot that it's a musical. Yes. And then as soon as the singing started, I was like, nope, yeah, nope, I, I can't I do can't. it. Honestly, like I, I'm not huge into musicals. I am a massive fan of Rocky Horror Picture Show and Phantom of the Paradise. Um, but yeah, like as soon as I hear singing, like I just, I have to be in the mood and like I'm rarely in the mood because yeah, I feel I just, like, it, like I'm not big fan. It's had to have been something too that I watched growing up. Like Jesus Christ yeah. Superstar. See, I know. See, I grew up watching if Rocky Horror Picture Show. If there was a new show, yeah. musical that came out today, I'd be I guarantee like, no, you I'd be like, meow. Like La La Land, like won a bunch of fucking awards. Is that a musical? Yeah, it is. Oh, it won yeah. like, a bunch of awards. And I love and, like, I'm like, I'll watch movies that win yeah. Academy Awards and Oscars and stuff but that one I was like yeah I don't know it's got singing fuck it <laughs> well someone told me to watch the movie Rent one time I never seen it they're like you gotta watch Rent you gotta watch Rent Rent is one of those musicals where every fucking word is a song Ugh. it's yeah, not okay. like there's a no, song I, here or there I, 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 I'm singing about not being able yes. to Yes, like no, I know. Stop. Yeah, like at least like Rocky Horror and Phantom of the Paradise, like they have acting yeah, in between the songs. Yeah. That is the oh, way that it Lord. should be. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Like going to a musical is a different story. Like Evil Dead musical and Book sure. and Book of Mormon. Like those were those fabulous. were fucking so. Yeah. Book of Mormon especially is oh, like. Oh my God! Fuck you, God. <laughs> what does that mean? That means got you fuck you, life. God. <laughs> it's so good. But, uh, well, the other movie that they were in together was Transylvania Six Five Thousand. I haven't seen that, and I I just I watched the trailer, and I was like, yeah. actually, no, that's that's a lie, Asmina. We tried to watch it. If we you did. recall. Oh my god, then what happened? Oh, I think. Oh my god, I forgot. We actually did start it because it was we so shut bad. It off. We oh. were just like talking, and we weren't paying attention, yeah. and we were like, okay, like we got maybe like twenty minutes in, and it just. There's just nothing, like, catching about it. Well, see, that's how I felt about Vibes. See, I watched half of Vibes. Vibes is a movie with Jeff Goldblum and Cyndi Lauper. And they play psychics. And Jeff Goldblum is psychic by touch. So he touches people and can tell things. (laughs) She's like, he can touch me any day. P.S. Okay, he's a oh, naked out of the fucking teleport. Like, look at how ripped he yeah, is. He, he is looks great. Rich. He fucking worked out so hard for he this. He can rock movie. that mullet. Oh my god, and him and his baboon. Yeah. P.S. I I read a little bit about this. The baboon. Oh, David Cronenberg was afraid of yeah, it. Yeah. So the I baboon's name was Typhoon. Typhoon yeah. is, and I mean, by nature, baboons are terrifying, yeah. right? Like, like the 
fangs on this beast. Crazy, right? So, yeah, they were all really afraid of working with him. David Cronenberg was, like, especially afraid. But apparently, the baboon... Uh, respected Jeff Goldblum because he was because he was so, so imposing and big. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, like apparently though, like they were saying that the baboon went crazy during yeah, one he scene. They, the they, fucking telepod. Yeah, door. He, they they put him in the telepod and there was the flashing light spooked him and he actually ripped the door yeah, off he, like, of the fucking telepod. Yeah, yeah. So it just like shows the power of of these animals and yeah, they're just yeah really really scary. But they bonded, which uh, definitely helped with making the movie yeah. like a lot uh, like as you hear a lot of horror stories about uh, hor- about movies that involve baboons like the omen like apparently yeah. one of the crew guys actually got like fucking physically really injured from one of the monkeys at the zoo in the scene where Damien like yeah 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 no they're no joke like literally yeah. a chimp I mean, will rip I'm your no face off have you ever seen what that lady looked oh, like yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah. What do you remember what that lady say. looked like with the chimp that ripped her face yeah. off yeah really scary stuff like she looked like a, like afterwards she looked like a smiley face like it was fucked oh, like she had even, no features it was terrifying yeah it would definitely like you would have to pay me a lot of money to act in a movie where I had to like interact with a, an, a fierce animal yeah. like that like you I don't know man that's <laughs> but yeah so Jeff Goldblum uh was also engaged to Laura Dern as well. So um, then in 2014, he married a Canadian Olympic gymnast slash contortionist, <laughs> um, Emily Livingston. They have two sons together. He became a father at 62. Wow. Which is like uh, John Stamos. John Stamos just recently became a father at like 55 or something like that. John Stamos. Oh, 55. Right, right. Sorry, yeah. I thought we were talking 60s. Yeah, yeah. So did Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant's like 60 something and he just wow. became a dad. You know yeah. what? When you're rich and when you're a man, you can have babies till you're fucking. And like, if you're happy, you're taking care of yourself, like, you're gonna fucking live a really long time. But he was also, in the 90s, I believe, like, he was also engaged to a 23-year-old Canadian professional dancer from Winnipeg. So when he was 50, she was 23. And his, so he's now 65. His his now wife yeah. with the two kids yeah. is my age. Yeah, she was young. born the same year as me and Morgan. Yeah. You know I, what? When I read that, I told Morgan, I'm like, there's still a chance for I know. Well, I've there's seen pictures of them <laughs> on the she beach. Told me she was like, oh my God, she's my age. And I was like, so there's still a chance. Yeah, there's still a chance. <laughs> I've seen pictures of them on the beach together. Get, oh, no, she's ripped. Frisky. There's so many pictures of him on the beach. And like, yeah. it's not fair. What, like, what, what has she got? What has she got? What makes her so special? She's all bendy. He likes the bendy girls. Well, well, yeah, she's a she's a contortionist. Oh, I hate this. I hate the hairs. Ew, I fucking hate the fly the hairs. Fly are you, uh, Megan? Are you one of those uh, people that can't handle something that's like under your skin, like poking out, or that's disgusting? And you know what else I can't handle? I'm not one of those people who like like to peel sunburns or like I am. pop back pimples. Yeah, that's me. Nope, and, nope. And your sister no. Mercedes. Yeah, I. that's me. I'm constantly like just picking at like scabs. Like blackheads. Like, I, you, there's actually a scene Mm-mm. in Family Guy where <laughs> Chris, I'm pretty sure, like runs and like, like fucking like uh, just like peels somebody's scab on the street and my friend used to like make fun of me and be like, that's you. <laughs> if you have a scab, I'll peel it for you, Megan. Oh my god. French. <laughs> Best friends, when I peel your scabs yeah. for you, yes, pick my scab pushes me down day. the stairs. <laughs> Fuck. Is that scab? Is that scabbing? Yeah. <laughs> Ew! I just picked her and you put it in your mouth. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, I'm not gonna eat why. it. I mean, maybe I'll lick it. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. That's gross. I will totally peel it, y'all scabs. Okay. 
y'all's gifts. <laughs> now that you've put it on the internet, you're gonna get a random, like, oh, some shipment. Freak. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah, god. Like, yeah. you, put, you post your feet on the internet, you get fucking foot freaks, you're gonna get scab freaks fucking messaging you. You're gonna get, like, <laughs> envelopes. I love laughing at that shit, man. Envelopes full of skin. Yeah. <laughs> I would seriously actually, god. like, thoroughly enjoy that. Like, I would obviously be creeped out, but at the same time, I'd be like, well, this is interesting. <laughs> Put it in the skin box. Oh skin grass, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, let's talk about some of uh, Jeff Goldblum's movies. So, oh my god. Okay, so I first of all, can we preface this with Jeff Goldblum has been in some of the highest gross- grossing movies of all time, and, also and some of the most terrible movies that I've ever yeah. fucking seen. Well, that's like okay, that's like vibes with Cindy Lauper. Like I watched half of it, and I just couldn't. I just couldn't do it. I just like. It, it was uninteresting. It wasn't engaging. I love, love Cindy Lauper's outfits in it, though. Her outfits are, are fucking amazing. I, I can assume. And her super, voice, super. like, she sounds like uh, like Janine from Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like, she's so yeah. cute. She's I adorable. Fucking, I love Cindy Lauper. Like, she is a queen. I saw her once in person. That's awesome. I was shopping in, uh, in New York City uh, at uh, Trash and Vaudeville, and I was looking at all the shoes, and I went... Uh, downstairs to like the shoe area and I turned and Cindy Lauper and her daughter that's crazy were there just shopping for shoes you know and what's I was really like, funny oh, and then I just was like I'm not gonna say that's anything that's weird that you say that because I was also in uh, Trash and Vaudeville in mm-hmm. Toronto uh, Toronto fucking New York City mm-hmm. a couple years ago and Courtney Love's daughter was weird. in weird yeah very uh, odd yes. <laughs> it's one of those places. Uh, Francis. Yeah. Except it yeah, doesn't Francis. exist anymore. It doesn't no, exist it doesn't. They, actually, they I think closed. it does exist. It, they just moved it to it's there. Because that location that at 3rd and St. Mark's was there, like, since, like, oh, like the since 70s. The, like, it, was, it had been there yeah. for a very long time. And uh, Jeff Goldblum is doing his fucking oh, trapeze yeah. act right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I love him. Well, I... Um, I try, I try to watch the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai oh across God. the eighth dimension. You sent me that that, that uh, I couldn't do it again. Yeah, like it's the just video like, of them like in the band or yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, Peter playing. Weller is playing guitar on stage, and I was like, Peter Weller, Robocop's fucking rocking that on guitar. <laughs> and then John Lithgow is in it, and he's all crazy, That's and he's weird. got like weird pointy black teeth and shit, and what like uh, Jeff Goldblum is like a weird cowboy. Like I don't know, man. Like I lost interest very quickly. I was like, eh, I'm shutting it down. Um, he's also in Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which That's is cool. uh, definitely be, definitely a notable body horror film for yeah. sure um, um he's also in thank god it's friday with donna summer i know i want to watch Weird. that movie. he has a, we- a disco morgan, movie yeah like morgan texted me yesterday and she was like um did you know that jeff goldblum was in a movie with donna summer and i fucking love donna summer and i was like how did i not know that interesting he's yeah, done it all. i need to watch it i need to watch it he plays like a, a like a nightclub owner or yeah whatever. obviously one of the worst ones that he has done is the legend of sleepy oh hollow. my god I'm so not i to say that have the legend of sleepy hollow on vhs and the only reason why i bought it is because jeff goldblum is in it and he plays like a bod crane it's a tv it's, movie it's oh it's so like no he's yeah. not boring. in it but yeah. that's not it's the so one. boring but the best part about it though is that the front is like the movie like poster and yeah. the back is like a bi- biography photo of him. Like, it's not Just even, him. like, yes! <laughs> like, it's, like, a high school yearbook photo of Jeff Goldblum on the back of the yeah. VHS. Like, it's not even, like, a scene from the movie. It's just, like, here's my passport photo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so random. But yeah, like I, um, I, 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 I'll still keep it like just because I'm nostalgic like that, but I'll never get through that. It's whole a good movie. keepsake. Yeah. Like the other day, Yasmina came over and we we're, we we're going to watch some movies and she, she's like, I brought this for you. Like, and it was a legend of Sydney <laughs> I Hall. like your impression yeah. of me. I brought <laughs> this for you. <laughs> That's how I talk. I'll like watch it or whatever. And so like they're like I don't know like in the afternoon I fucking I tried I really tried. Yeah. I gave it like forty five minutes and I was like, I just have to turn this shit off. It's It's boring. He would do a good Ichabod Crane though because he's tall and skinny. Yeah. 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 But it's a TV movie, so it's yeah. got that TV movie quality about it that's just unwatchable. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of if it's Jeff. Any or movie not. that's been made about that story, that storyline hasn't gone well, though. It's either a cartoon no. or I don't a book. mind the Tim Burton ver- version. Well. With Christopher Walken? Yeah, it's all right. I, I don't know. I, like the, I have a huge issue with Johnny Depp. I just think I have a huge issue with Tim Burton. He, you know, Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, and he plays this weird steampunky kind yeah. of. And yeah. 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 I used to be a big Tim Burton fan. Everyone, like I have, yeah. I, everyone was. Like yeah. I have the Nightmare Before Christmas tattooed on my leg. I wish I didn't, but whatever. <laughs> and uh, but I just like hate his movies. Like whatever past like Big Fish. Like honestly, like it just like he's just been. That's sucking. a really good call, oh, Yasmina. Anything Big Fish past is Big a Fish. Great movie. Big Fish is a great movie. But yeah, anything after that, it's just like. Garbage. Well, except for like the um, his animated ones, because I'm pretty sure Paranorman came out after Big Fish. He didn't do Paranorman. Oh my God, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, that's a great movie though. It is a great movie. Um, Frank and Weenie came out after. Like, yeah, I didn't like remake. that. Oh, you didn't. No, oh, I like the original. Yeah, yeah. But that's why I say like I'm glad Tim Burton didn't do The Fly because like I don't know like ah I just I used to be a huge. I don't know, goth, I guess, like, yeah. in high school, and I was, like, really huge into Tim Burton and everything, and, and now, like, I'm just, like, so over it. Like, I mean, honestly, like, he just, I just don't think that he's been doing anything good, and, like, Not oh, by lately. the way, Jeff Bloom oh. and, like, fucking This is the scene YDs. that's, oh my god, oh we my were god. just talking about this. He's, like, walking around. Oh my god, like, he's, he's, I know. I know, it like, no, seriously, he worked out fucking hard. I wonder how big his dick is. No, it does Huge, I don't know, it doesn't, well, he might be a grower, because that doesn't He's ten feet tall. That doesn't look like he's packed. That means his dick is definitely I can't this tall. Part. Oh, when she cuts the the hairs on his back and then I eats can. ice cream afterwards, yeah. all can. normally. I can't. Or no, but I just wanted to cream. say one thing about the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow movie uh, that I do like a lot is when he like acts as the tree and the, blood, the blood and guts come yeah. out. Like I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think that the, this that if Tim Burton did this movie, it would have given it an element that I don't think like it would make it, it almost it would, like it would have made it like it Edward like Scissorhands family movie. Like I don't know. Well, yeah, like Tim Burton like. It's hard to explain, like, David Cronenberg, like, his, he's a creepy, and Tim Burton is, like, like, kind of, like, almost, like, a comical way. Like yeah. an adolescent way. Oh, yeah. we have to remember that this was 86, so let's just remember the first Batman was so fucking good, was not the a kid's movie. first two, Not a kid's true. movie. Batman that's true. Returns too. Was yeah. a little bit more of a kid's yeah. movie, a little bit more, yeah. but the first one was super dark and super fucked up. Yeah. So you have to remember, like, early 80s, mid-80s, Tim Burton was yeah. still actually... Yeah. No, no, yeah, I totally agree. Dark. Yeah, he True was right. good in the 80s for sure. I always loved the part, um, me and my brother, at the very end of the first Batman movie, when uh, the Joker, like, dies, and, like, the fucking laugh box in his jacket is going on a loop, and he's like... Me and my brother would always do that when we were kids. We'd just be like... But, yeah, so another... Um, I would say relatively 
bad movie that Jeff Goldblum did, but I uh, watched it a lot when I was a kid, so uh. I have a nostalgic love for it, but it's not great. But Hideaway is one that I oh, admired I the fuck out of when I was a kid. It's a '90s movie, and it's got Alicia Silverstone. Uh. Oh, oh, there it is. Okay, I I know the biggest fucking crush on Jeremy Sisto from that movie because him and Alicia Silverstone are also in Clueless together, and um. I loved him because the character that he plays in Hideaway is like a Satan worshiper who kills himself like um, and sacrifices himself for the devil and he goes to hell and Satan tells him like because you sacrificed yourself for me I make you a deal and I'll bring you back to earth if you kill people for me. So Jeff Goldblum and Alicia Silverstone is his daughter and him and his wife and his daughter uh, get into a car accident and Jeff Goldblum's character dies in the ER and then, but he gets resuscitated. But then when he comes back, buddy, Satanist, like comes back with him. Um, so Jeff Goldblum sees what he sees Right. And he is a murderer, so he's killing teenage girls. And then so, but, and then he starts to see what Jeff Goldblum sees. So he sees Alicia Silverstone and he wants her. And uh, there's like a whole um, part at the end where Jeremy Sisto's character like makes this like giant kind of cave house thing where he brings the girls and I used, I just I used to think it was like so cool and I watched it like recently like a couple years ago and it, and it, it hold oh up. my god like bad CGI oh, like really, really bad CGI well, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. I just I loved it when I was a kid so but I you know what when you were a kid that CGI was like state of the art so it looked yeah. great but it's like now I just fuck. thought it was so cool that he was like a Satan lover and uh, listen to sleep <laughs> oh, like at the Shit. beginning of the movie like the way that he kills himself is he like knifes he like knifes himself like he sticks a knife upright Oh, God, and then no. like and then like bends over no, no, no. and uh yeah like and he's like listening to heavy metal oh, oh i love this part oh. okay so we're at the part where he's at the bar and arm wrestles that guy and breaks his fucking forearm oh, it's this so part awesome. resonated with me since i was a kid yeah uh, this part like i for forever will never fucking get it out of my brain like when i watched it when i was a little kid i was like mortified also we'll never oh. forget the fact that he's just wearing a leather jacket with oh, no, no shirt, shirt on no shirt oh, under that always it. bothered me like the the feel of the oh, you're so sweaty leather like under, yeah yeah i always thought that he was he doesn't even care it's like he that. put the leather jacket on and he never yeah. took it off <laughs> i know that part is, is awesome his, like his face starts to get gross yeah no he starts looking i know face. i know like yeah like this movie is hard to watch because like he looks so good in it especially in the beginning but then now he looks like he's like Maybe like a meth addict that's been on the streets for yeah, a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. He starts getting that like craggy, nasty fucking like yeah, weird acne like shit castle face. face. <laughs> yeah, he's got Aww. he's got straight up castle face. Yeah. Oh my. But God. obviously, the most important movie that Jeff Goldblum has done is Jurassic Park. Ah uh, yes. Oh, Are you Park skipping is right so to good? Yeah, I want to. Okay. Ah. All right, Megan, go. Jurassic Park Please. is so good. So I just want to talk about one that's like in between the shitty ones and okay. so good. Life Aquatic. 
Oh yeah. It's so good, man. I actually Life's love aquatic. it. I love all of Wes Anderson's movies to it's be honest. So good. Yeah. And he had such a cute little role yeah. and like, oh fuck. I love like uh Angelica Houston. She's a queen too. Yeah. When Jeff Goldblum plays in movies where he gets to like play with really good characters like Sam Neill in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Like when he gets to like reflect his skills off other really good actors like in the Wes Anderson movies, fuck. I, lo- I love he all shines. of that guy's movies. Seriously, they're all they're all good. Oh my god, I love all of so them. Cute. Yeah, he's adorable. He's like a he's like a Cronenberg. Like you got to watch Wes Anderson. You just have to. Yeah. Morgan, do you like Wes Anderson? Uh sorry, I was just like looking at. She's just looking at. She's like mesmerized. He like came out. What are you gonna do when you meet him? No, I I, I feel you because that's how I think if I ever met Arnold. His bum crack. I see it. I, I, would, I, I would don't know, even know what I'd I do. I wouldn't know what I would do if I, I met I'll Arnold. I think I'll probably make an ass of myself, but hopefully it'll be mem- a, you know be a what? memory. Yeah. You just end up doing nothing. You just end up acting normal. Oh, no, no, no. Do you remember I'm not when Tom nothing. Savini was in my face and I was oh, like, oh, yeah. Like, hi. Nice to Like, you, oh, hubba, hubba. I know, he like came, Tom Savini came to our booth at a Comic Con. And uh, Megan had a skull on her table, and she wasn't at the table. No. And he came up to us and He's was like, like "Oh, uh, whose skull is this?" And we're like, "Oh, that's our other girlfriend in the podcast." And he was like, "Oh, I'd like to buy it off her." And then as soon as he walked away, I was like, "Oh my god, Megan's gonna fucking lose her yeah. shit." And like, you think you have all these things to say, but at the end of the day, it turns out these people you worship are actually strangers. No do I say? Yeah. Well, that someone hasn't said to them a thousand times. Yeah. I think you're really great. Cool kid. Thanks. Yeah, because you know? everyone wants to be the person that they remember that to stand yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, That sort of thing. Well, I get that. I feel like I am not going to be that surprised when we meet Jeff Goldblum because... I, I like that he does a lot of these like quirky videos like cooking with Jeff Goldblum right. and then he's done all these other like interviews and like he was on that um, uh, like Tim and Eric show right. and like he seems like he that's the way that he is in uh, real life right yeah he like, seems so very he's down just, to like, earth very down to earth and normal and I like I mean I've always admired Kristen Glover and I, I know that he's a weirdo and when he came to Toronto and I met him I didn't know what to expect but he was like so fucking nice mm-hmm. when I met him and I was just like okay this is uh, not what I expected, but at least it didn't go bad or anything. But I don't think it's going to go bad with Jeff. Well, There's no, no way it would go bad with Jeff say, Goldblum. Like, yeah. um, we all talked about how big we think your dick is. Do you <laughs> mind like, giving us some insight? I know. I'm sure that he's probably had a lot of weird fan encounters. Like, huge celebrities like him probably have some crazy yeah. stories. So, I'm sure, like, we're going to do the photo op, so it'll be quick. It'll be like a minute. It'll be a legendary. I'll be, I'll be like, so you have one minute. Tell me your life story. Tell me everything. Yeah, and do you want to get married? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm all right. I'm yeah. done. I'm good. I feel like you you say all these things, but really you're just going to, like, grab a lock of his hair and just... Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Maybe. It's like, That's like... hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh funny. I like drinking this Cronenberg beer because I like to just call them David Cronenbergs. So I'm drinking a David it's Cronenberg. Not, it's not the first time. I feel I've like he that. would approve of that too. Is that weird? Yes. <laughs> I'm drinking you. <laughs> um, okay, so Dr. Ian Malcolm, uh, sex god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my god, yeah, that's all. I I love that fucking video oh of Jeff Goldblum god. and somebody made the loop of just the laugh with the techno song. It's <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know what's interesting though? Like I read Jurassic Park. Uh, I read it years a long time and years ago. ago. It's very graphic. Yeah, and I never pictured Ian Malcolm in that way. The way that they had him uh, portrayed with Jeff Goldblum, no. I think it changed the whole character. Oh my god, his fingernail just came off. No! No, no, no. Oh, no. his other fingernail. Oh, and it's like pus dripping no! his fucking fingernail. Ew. Well, uh, interesting about the book. There's a connection between the Jurassic Park book and the fly. Um, and there's also a connection between The Fly and Jurassic Park, the movie, as well. So Veronica uh, in The Fly tells Seth something went wrong. And Laura Dern also says the exact same thing to Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Oh. Um, and in The Fly, Seth always wears the same thing and says he doesn't like to wake up every morning wondering what to wear. In the Jurassic Park book, Ian Malcolm only wears black and gray because he also doesn't like to spend time wondering what to wear in the morning. Oh interesting. God. And another kind of interesting connection between David Cronenberg and The Fly is David Cronenberg's father is a journalist and his mother was a pianist and in The Fly the roles are reversed and Seth plays piano to impress Veronica who is a journalist. And Brundle Fly's vomit is made with egg, honey, and milk. Oh yum. Oh, that's Morgan, a... you can have none. Yeah, no thanks. No. I always love when they do like the technology breakdown like this, you, like yeah. this. Oh my god, I love it. The I bad CGI. It. He's got his like it. he's got his like computer doing it like the query for like what is actually happening to me. Mm-hmm. Zoom out again. Enhance. Oh, enhance. enhance. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, it looks like a fly. A fly! <sighs> so have you guys actually watched Powder? <laughs> yes. Can yeah. I can I tell you a story? I saw, I saw Powder in the theater. I think I saw it in theater too. I remember seeing oh, Powder in the theater. Sucks? I don't know, man. That's just like because Victor Salva's a rapist. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, also yeah. the fact that Disney hired a child rapist oh my to God. make their movie. Okay, know. you know what? Semantics. Why did the movie suck? I just I don't thought it was, it was a terrible. I remember I being I like kind of lame. So I don't know. intrigued by the movie when I, I thought it, it was, was it like 95? accept everyone even when they're different. Like love everyone. <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just always thought that it was kind of lame. And then like I read it an article about how uh, Victor Salva directed it and uh, the controversy surrounding him being like a child rapist and all that stuff and how Disney hired him and everything. And there's all a bunch of like weird scenes in Powder that like there's like one part where Jeff Goldblum holds his hand on mm. Powder's face for far too long. It's yeah. like really uncomfortable. Yeah, I've like, heard there's like, some uncomfortable like, stuff that goes on. on. And it's like he doesn't that. move it and it's really fucking weird. And it's just like, it's a it's a weird movie and it's just, I'm just not interested in it. Yeah, well, I, okay, I haven't watched it with adult <laughs> eyes. Yeah, yeah. To yeah, see you're it, right. Like, I haven't either. I, I saw it when saw I was it, a kid. Yeah, I saw it in the theater when it came out when I was like 14, 13 years I guess, old. Like, I guess I was just like maybe a shitty kid because I just didn't give a shit if he was was picked on I guess like and like he was all like bullied and stuff and I was like what yeah, but him. But the idea is, person. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways <laughs> so it's one of those movies where it's like it leaves you with the questions like well like who was he was he an angel why was he on earth blah 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 like why did he like touch so many lives and like create love with so many people and then just disappear it's got one of those weird did like did he bring endings. anything back to life 
Yeah, I think so. You know how in the yeah. movies they like yeah. act like a bird dies and everyone's upset and then yeah. he like goes <laughs> and like blows yeah. on yeah. it. No, like, I'm pretty sure that's crazy. exactly what happens in it. No, that's exactly right? what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I like to make jokes about like how. Morgan loves Jeff Goldblum so much that I'm like, even when he's all gross and diseased, <laughs> when he, even when he's crone and when burned he's, up, when he's all crone and burned him up, you still like him. Uh, <laughs> he wants to like suck the pus out of his face. Oh, oh fuck, I know. Oh man, like it just it gets so bad. His hair, his hair, his it's hair. And nasty. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, he nailed this. This. uh no, no, for I, hate, sure. I hate, I hate, I hate it. Oh, when he's like walking on the crutches. Yeah, now, now is when it starts to get like. Yeah, yeah this is when. Well, you know what movie is of is. his that I actually haven't seen in a really long time, but I do admire is Independence Day. So good, first yeah. one, first one. Yeah, great the, one. yeah, the new one was. Boring. I did watch the new one. I actually watched it last night, and I, I, I yeah, enjoyed kind of that they pretty much put everybody that was in the first one. In it? in it yeah yeah like uh bill pullman was in it brent spiner was in it um data yeah fucking data, data. Uh, will smith wasn't in it mm-hmm. uh they did a good job at explaining like why or yeah like, whatever though. yeah like uh, did he die i don't remember yeah yeah, yeah. he did yeah. he did he did, <laughs> he did. <laughs> i don't know there was like some elements in it that i was just like wow ah! this is like really <laughs> super cheesy he just barfed on the donut i love that <laughs> <laughs> his egg and honey yeah. and milk. But I still haven't seen the new Thor. And uh, but I do love what? The, who the fuck is he in the new Thor? Um, he's a grandmaster in the new Thor, and his makeup in it is he's hilarious, am- he's fabulous. Yeah, he looks fabulous. Yeah, actually, he talks about it at that fucking cooking with Jeff Goldblum video because he's talking to the cheese master, and he's like, you know what my character in Thor's name is? It's a uh, grandmaster. grandmaster. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, something else that I thought that was kind of interesting about Jeff Goldblum was that he also does the voice of Troy McClure's agent in The Simpsons. Oh my God. And he does the voice for Verminous Scum in Captain Planet. Really? Yeah. No. I know. I didn't huh? know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. He's what like the, the fucking fuck? the villain in Captain Planet. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I had no idea. That that I actually didn't see in my notes, so that makes me very happy. Hey, I can't internet. So <laughs> <laughs> Megan was trying to look up Grandmaster. Grandmaster. Here, let me do it for you. God damn it. I just saw words. I just saw words. <laughs> You're saw funny. Words. There you um, go, Megan. Let's see. Let's see his. Pr- oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh no! It's, it's a like, Thor it's movie, so, like so it's like cyberpunk. silly. Yeah, of course. Oh no! I it's... haven't seen it yet, though. But I actually heard that it was really good, and my brother told me that his character is awesome. I heard it's very good, and I heard the soundtrack is fucking amazing. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Okay. It's obviously going to be a good movie because it's a superhero movie. But his makeup is very like elite it's Hunger silly. Games. Yeah. The Hunger yeah. Games, like, those I only weird... saw the first one. Yeah. Okay. Well, silly. let's talk about uh, Gina Davis. Can we? Yes. yes um, please. Okay. So the inventor I... of shoulder pads was. No, <laughs> <laughs> I invented post-its. Um, <laughs> yes. 
Michelle. Romeo and Michelle. Romeo and Michelle. Oh, no, Reagan. I've never seen that um, shit. You know what? It's actually really funny, and you should watch it, because there's, like, one part where Mira Sorvino, there's one part where they go to a dance club, and a guy hits on her, and she's very uninterested, and she fucking tells him that she's like, my shoes. Oh, sorry. Um, I uh, stubbed my toe earlier, and now my shoe is filling with blood, so I gotta go. Your Valley Girl accent. <laughs> oh my is god. So god. Perfect. And she really like, the very well. Thank you. She's like, oh, my shoe is filling with blood, so I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is the best line ever. Like, if anybody, like, ever hits on you at a bar, just tell them that, like, you stubbed your yeah. toe and your shoe is filling, filling with blood. blood. No big and deal. And also, um... Just want to mention that I watched Victor Crowley recently, oh. and it's so entertaining. Still think the first Hatchet movie was the best one, but there is another great line to use when somebody is picking is uh, hitting on you at a bar. Just tell them you have a dick. There's like one scene where a guy hits on the girl, and she's like, "I have a dick." <laughs> I was like, um, "Yes, I'm so using that." Can I actually tell you something? Mercedes did that once. Really? Yeah. I'm I not surprised. There was that. she was in line in the line at a grocery grocery store and this guy kept hitting on her and she was like actually i'm a man <laughs> yeah that so sounds like so you gotta be careful who you say that yeah to. yeah that's right because some men love the idea of a big juicy cock and a set of tits on the same human yeah, yeah. Well, then yeah, you just gotta you walk know. away yeah. <laughs> well bust out of there yep. me and my huge like, out here. The fuck out of there yeah. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh no oh no <laughs> that I seriously loved her when I was a kid. Uh, pretty League much, of her own. Yes, okay, pretty That's much it. any uh, strong, independent uh, woman character in a movie or TV show when I was a kid is what I looked up to. Like, especially Bridget Fonda, Point of No Return. Mm -hmm. And Gina Davis in Long Kiss Goodnight. Like oh, any a a female that's like a badass in a movie, when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with. Uh, so I have admired Gina Davis for a very long time. Um, she is a fucking boss lady. She is a queen. When I was reading about her, I now love her. All her for her activism is like... Yes. Yes. Yeah. So It's fabulous. I mean, like, not only she, has she been in some of the best movies of the 80s and 90s, but yeah. she also is yeah. like... Just kicking ass, Dude, like she really is. Like she's a supporter for female rights of and stuff, the yeah. women's the women's sports foundation, and she sponsored the largest research group on gender equality in children's TV shows and movies. And because of this, the ratio of females to males has changed from three males to every one female to being even in kids TV because, shows and movies oh, because yeah. of D of Gina Davis. Um, she won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in The Accidental Tourist. I've never heard I've of never, it. I've seen never seen it, it no. Uh, she won two other awards for Best Actress in Thelma and Louise. Fuck yes. Thelma, Thelma and Louise is Thelma such Louise. a good movie. Yes. I love... Uh, any... Yeah, like, just, like, any movie that has, like, a female character that's, like, oppressed by a male that goes through a change and becomes, like, badass. Like, it's just, like, was the foundation of 
who I became, like, when I was a child. Like, I would watch all these movies, like, um, fucking Terminator with Linda Hamilton, uh, like, well, going into, like, Terminator 2 when she was a badass and that one, and, like, uh, Long Kiss Goodnight, uh, any, like, Point of No Return, like, it just, like, female roles that would have, like, such a strong prowess. Oh, by the way, we're at the scene where she's, like, dreaming about having the baby, and, and David, David Cronenberg, Cronenberg is the gynecologist. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I just, uh, I love it. Like, girl power. Um, <clears throat> she was also nominated for the Saturn Award for Best Actress in the Fly. And she has, like, many nominations all for all Thelma and Louise. Yeah. I love that movie. So we discussed earlier that she almost didn't get the role uh, for Veronica in The Fly. Almost went to Linda Hamilton and Jennifer Jason Lee, Laura Dern. Um, but yeah, some interesting um, things about her. Uh, she's originally a musician. Uh, so she actually grew up playing the flute and the organ. <laughs> and um, I love the maggot baby. It's so Cronenberg. Oh my God. <laughs> Cronenberg it up. <laughs> it's like the fucking <laughs> Rick and Morty, the Rick and yes. Morty episode is like, we were like, Cronenberg, this up. Oh my god. <laughs> Have you seen it, Megan? Oh, yeah! <laughs> that's gonna be a no for me. Uh, I've only seen the first season, but there is an Oh, episode. I've seen every single episode. Yeah. Actually, multiple times, Ben is obsessed with that show. Yeah, yeah it is pretty funny. funny. Yeah, it is actually really funny, but uh, yeah, there's, there's like a, a world where everything is like Cronenberg, Cronenberg, so it's all fucking up. all like weird monster like yeah. arms oh, coming out of heads shit. and shit. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so she is fluent in Swedish and Ooh, also sexy. she's a fucking archer. Sex. Okay, so she Dude, actually, she actually was she on, out for the fucking Olympics. Yeah, and actually she almost made it. So she was one of 300 women who vied for the, in the semifinals in the US Olympic archery team, but she, she didn't, didn't make she didn't the make the team but she placed 24th in 300. That's so yeah. Good. I know. That's, that's so pretty good. fucking cool. And, but and the actually, best part is that she only started pl- doing, it, like, doing a couple years 2 years before. before. Yeah. It only took her 2 She's years to so almost good. I know. Oh I my know. god. I I I did archery a few years ago. It's fun. It is really fun. It's it better be. than the the axe throwing, I yeah, find. Yeah, I loved it. It was so much fucking fun. Archery, it's like so like primal. It's so Dude, like, it is. Yeah, yeah dude. Know? I love it. Yeah, I no, it. It, it, she's such a badass. Um, but this is actually pretty cool. So, okay, so she was a musician, but before she became an actress, she was a live mannequin for an Ann Taylor store in New York. Yeah, so she, was. she stood like still for hours that actually sounds like one of the worst jobs i've ever heard yeah like i'm sure that i'd do it for if it was like a good money there probably was a point in time in that era where it was something that was necessary and ann taylor is like that's Mm -hmm. a big deal so it makes sense but now it's kind of just like a weird thing, like to stand in a window yeah. for hours. I remember a live when that mannequin. was a thing, though, in the eighties and early nineties, yeah. like mm-hmm. live mannequins. Like I remember, like going to the mall, and my dad like fucked with one of them and like put like he had like popcorn and he tried to put popcorn in the guy's nose, <laughs> and then like, the guy laughed. <laughs> yeah, it was like I I totally remember when like live mannequins were a thing. Weird. Like they would just get paid to just stand there and not move. I like, feel it's, like, like you could just, just save the money and just use a fucking yeah. mannequin. I feel like we're so, like, crass and rude. I'd end up, like, like putting my finger through the fly of my pants. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I do something. I mean, how That's can you funny. just stand there and not, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, fuck with them. I know. Or just, like, stand so quiet. Maybe That's why it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> 
funny. But yeah, well, because she was the live mannequin, she was spotted so and signed a deal with a modeling agency. And then while she was modeling, she was spotted by director Sidney Pollack for a small role as a soap opera actress in Tootsie. That's um, cool. So she even had her own show at one point. Do you guys remember the Gina Davis show? No. I it was only, I, I definitely remember that show because I was like obsessed with her when I was a kid. It was only one season. And um, so recently, uh, she's in the Exorcist TV show. Wait, go back, go yeah. back, go back though. Gina Davis show. What was it? Like the Oprah show? Uh, like- no, no, no. Like it was like a sitcom. Oh, yeah. So like, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was comedy, a comedy though? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it okay. was a sitcom. But yeah, okay. it was only one season, but I definitely remember it. Um, but yeah, but the most recent thing that she's done is uh, she plays... Reagan grown up in the Exorcist mm. TV show. I only watched the first episode, cool. to be honest. I was like not really captivated. Yeah, I remember by... when it came out and I, I actually remember we talked about it, Yasmina, yeah. and I was kind of been like, mm, yeah, I'm like, I'm a little skeptical. Mm. Yeah. Because like anything that they adapt like that for TV, you know that it's going to be toned down to the point where it's too accessible and there's like it's not even interesting anymore yeah well that's like the mist the mist show oh i tried to i tried so hard oh my god i tried i'm sorry but like what the fuck was that although i've heard really good things about bates motel or it is actually bates motel is i even tried that and i was like no but you know what garbage my only criticism about Bates Motel is the the side story about the brother and the weed empire. That a has weed empire? yeah, it's got nothing to do with anything. No. And it's just like fuck off. Like no one cares. Like people just want to see Norman Bates like go crazy. Yeah, yeah I heard the hype and I tried and I watched like maybe like it's, it's four or five bad. episodes I and I was like, yeah. I think to make any good story into a show, they have to dilute the story so much. That it just like pulls it so it stretches the story so fucking thin. Unless unless like, they yeah no yeah but I agree. Unless with they that. have like different like if they incorporate very interesting subplots. Yeah. Because a lot of shows have been doing that recently, and it is very uh, like interesting and keeps you engaged. Um, but yeah, the Exorcist TV show I only watched the first episode and it just like didn't really I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't really do it for me, but I don't know how many seasons are even out now. Yeah. Like, or even if it's still going on. Or yeah, but Gina like Davis that, only but... did the first season. She, oh, really? She didn't oh, come didn't back after that. the second season. Maybe because she wasn't into it. Yeah. But, um, well, aside from being married to Jeff Goldblum, uh, she was also married to director Rennie Harlan, mm-hmm. um, who directed Long Kiss Goodnight. Yep. And uh, that movie, Cutthroat, Cutthroat Island. Oh, my God. Like that pirates. movie apparently yeah, is like one of the I horror. saw it in theaters oh, I, I saw it in theaters i don't really remember it. it's a kids movie it's basically yeah. a kids movie i bet Davis it's like i mean like yeah it's a pirate movie well, yeah. uh i don't know if her character is a pirate or like a hero or what. it's a pirate like, movie yeah it is a pirate yeah. movie though i just like remember seeing it because i because uh, i liked her a lot so i was like oh, i want to go see it just because she's in it i don't really remember the plot or anything like that yeah but um i mean it's probably not as good as pirates remember that the porn <laughs> oh, that was a high budget movie. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the highest budget I know. About oh, it yeah, they had, we have I know. That, that was like fucking ghosts. The highest budget fucking porn oh, movies fuck. ever, I believe. That yeah, was a yeah, really yeah, like millions. Yeah, captivating yeah. porno. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's hilarious, actually. I think there's a sequel too. Oh. <laughs> um, you know what? I gotta talk about two? big budget pornos. They have got to be the least 
sexual things. Like they're they're not like high budget pornos. Like I don't I don't know. But you know what though? What sometimes what are you gonna do with that? I but I really fucking love storyline. Dude, what? the storyline is fucking funny sometimes to watch though. Like it's so bad. It's get entertaining. On by high budget. Pornos? I don't think so. No, but unless it's a shaky cam where I can like barely make out what's going on, I'm not gonna be. Into oh fuck! It, I know. know. I don't, like I don't want to watch. Yeah, like, aim the camera at the whole motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Two-hour intro of just blowjobs. Oh my you know, god! But, maybe, but I don't need though. to see two hours of blowjobs. Maybe I don't. Let's be honest though. Like the fucking the stories in porns, like at the beginning, like before they start fucking. Like I love how bad the acting is. Yeah. I love it so much. Like holy shit! <laughs> like, I get a kick out of watching the stories. <laughs> Oh, we should have like another podcast just called Porn Stories. We oh, God. should. Although, how creepy is that? Three girls just sitting around watching porn. Oh, together. then we'll get some weird shit mailed to us. You're talking about fucking skin yeah. being mailed to me. We'll get some some fucking like butt plugs or like oh, oh no, no, like no. flashlights mailed to Even us. Worse. You guys, we should put our our own Seven lines cops. of flashlights. Oh, we should mold our mold vaginas. Our fiches. <laughs> Oh my god. You know what? That's not a good idea. <laughs> I'm gonna write a blog that's like drunk Megan ideas. <laughs> and then read them to you, you know when what? you're sober. That's not smart. I don't like that. No, you know, that's not a good idea. Let's not make molds of our vaginas. <laughs> or let's, but let's just not sell them. Yeah. Okay, so. Um, we digress. Back to Gina Davis. So, uh, fucking, obviously Beetlejuice. Gotta mention Beetlejuice. Yeah. Love, that's, love That's that. one of those really that, good Tim Burton That's one of the good, very, very good Tim Burton movies. Like, Beetlejuice and uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure are my favorite Tim Burton movies, for sure. Like, I could watch Beetlejuice over and over Same. again and never, ever get sick of it. When I was a kid, I always just... Ugh, the part where they like disintegrate. At oh the my end god! Yeah, and like get all skinny and shit. So like yes, and his jaw it, falls it, it, off. Fre- it freaked me <gasps> out when it. I was a kid. But Gina Davis still looked hot though when yeah. she was like all like skeletony and shit. Yeah. But um, also we mentioned Thelma and Louise, fantastic movie, A League of Their Own, which is another very um. Strong female. Oh, that movie's a movie. fantastic. I, love I haven't seen it in a really oh long time. I watched it sort of recently. I, I want to watch like, it again though. Rosie O'Donnell, Rosie Madonna, Madonna, Tom Hanks. It? Yeah, Hanks. yeah. Like, it's fucking great. And it's a I great love, movie. I love the actress. Come on, man! The actress with the voice who plays her younger sister, Lori yeah. Petty. Yeah, Lori Petty, yeah, yeah. yeah, Lori Petty. Um, yeah, that I actually kind of want to revisit. I haven't seen it in probably. 20 years it's a good movie oh, I, I just remember good. like that it's uh girls aren't allowed to play baseball so there's Gina no crime Davis in everybody, baseball yeah make a, a whip all women's softball team and um, i think it's during the war right? it's because there's no men yeah, yeah they're all the men are gone to war yeah. so they want something to keep them entertained and they got these oh i like the the big weird ugly one the big like I don't even remember. Oh, Oh, I gotta rewatch it. It's been a really long time. And Bill Pullman is in it too. Oh, Bill Pullman! And uh, John Lovitz. Yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, the budget was $40 million and the box office made $132 million. That's pretty big. 
Yeah, I, I'll definitely have to rewatch that for sure. But like I said before, and just like when I was a kid, like any movie that involved like a strong female role, I definitely admired for sure. Ah! Oh, yeah, I, love, it is, I love this part. Oh my god, I love the vomit, man. Milk and egg and honey. Oh, I like when oh his, like, his, his fist like disintegrates. Yeah. That's great. Oh my god. Apparently, the makeup uh, at this part took five hours. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That it was like five pounds of extra like, makeup. Of on. like latex, though. Yeah. Just like, so five pounds of latex is like, not that it would be super heavy, but like, that's a lot of fun. I mean, it's an entire suit. I feel like it would be like claustrophobia and Yeah. Like yeah. you, you got all this shit on you. This is the part of the episode where I'm going to talk a lot about David Cronenberg. Only Yasmina, we will say silent. <laughs> <laughs> I want your guys' opinion. No, of too. course. Of course. Okay, so um I Originally, like, we have, like, a group chat, and we always text, like, what what movie should we do next? And uh, Morgan suggested The Fly, and I was like, if we do The Fly, I'm warning you guys ahead of time that I'm going to talk about David Cronenberg for a long time. Uh, he's definitely just, I mean... I talked about it earlier, one of the best fucking directors in like film history. Uh, I'm a big, big admirer of him and David Lynch, but yeah, David Cronenberg like is just um, so influential. Like he was one of the originators of body horror in film. Um, body horror didn't start with film, obviously. Uh, I like there. It goes back like a hundred years with literature, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, uh, yeah. is a, is a huge body horror uh, story for sure, definitely. And um, David Cronenberg is like, yeah, he's very big on the idea of flesh, body mutation, disease, infection, yeah. anything that is unnatural. Uh, I have always had a fondness and just like admiration and respect for the body horror genre in general. Like it's like that genre, it tests people's truest fears. Mm -hmm. um, I was reading about just the genre in, um, in general. And it's like, yeah, like it tests people's like primal fears of like extreme abnormality. Mm -hmm. It causes feelings of terror and being uncomfortable. There's nothing worse than being uncomfortable. Um, it's very visceral. It pushes the limits. And like I, I mentioned earlier, like with early fiction, um, a lot of like HP Lovecraft, Edgar Allan Poe, and most recently Clive Barker. And I just want to mention one of my favorite fucking horror directors, Richard Lehman. Uh, if you guys want to read a really fucked up, awesome body horror book, read The Cellar by Richard Lehman. If they tried to make The Cellar, actually, I'm pretty sure I heard a rumor like a few years ago that Clive Barker wanted to make a movie of The Cellar. Mm. You would have to make it like X rated because it's like monster orgies Sweet. it's like the whole like it's like the beast house chronicles i think there's like three or four but the seller is the first one it's amazing it's such a fucking good book um so yeah i'm a huge uh fan of the genre um it just it makes you anything that makes you 
cringe, feel uncomfortable, but as well question the tones and subject matter. Those two combined together is like what makes like David Cronenberg movies. Yeah, well, it's like it's like the idea of especially like with disease and like David Cronenberg always mixes like the psychological with the physical. Yeah. And I think that's what makes him such an impactful storyteller uh, in general because it's like especially like horrifying disease. Yeah. You know where it like mutates or it changes a person how it affects them but it's also the psychological aspect of it uh, and the it, that turns it sort of visceral. Um, and I think that's what has made him such a an enduring uh, director and an enduring voice mm-hmm. in like body horror in general. Yeah, like he's definitely like his prowess have has been like praised throughout like the decades, and I couldn't agree more. Um, most of his movies involve scientists, psycho- uh, psychologists, doctors that either make modifications to humans that eventually cause a calamity in social order, like Shivers, Rabbit, The Brood, scan- Scanners, and others that involve weird hallucinations and realities, like mm-hmm. Dead Ringers, Naked yeah. Lunch, Existence. Um, oh, he has stated, okay, so, so this part, we're, yeah. at, we're towards like the end of the movie. I know, it, it, uh, it's actually really, really upsetting. Yeah, when he like points the gun at his head and Gina Davis is like, no, I yeah, can't he's do like, it. Just, oh, it's he's actually like, like really, the fly is a fucked up like love story. It is. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Because the- he just got mutated in with the fucking pod so he's got like like a weird fucking pod like thing on his back yeah he's like a fucking horrible and he's just like in unendurable pain yeah what a terrible terrible the thing i wanted to say about body horror too is that you can like any other type of horror you can like run from it or hide from it or like stay awake to avoid it or whatever you gotta do Can't to avoid, avoid it. a virus but if something's happening in your own body like you there's nothing you, and i think that's why it's so scary to people yeah you can't run from your own body Disease. yeah you it's yeah, yeah. it's body. like facing your own mortality and facing like something like you know, like a disfigurement or something that would change the way that society per like perceives you. All these, all these elements about and questions are are what I think David Cronenberg's like movies make us think about. Yeah. Well, he has stated that his movies should be seen from the point of view of the disease. Um. So, um, some interesting things about him before I get into his movies. Uh, George Lucas considered him to direct a Return of the Jedi. Jokes upon right? jokes. Isn't that fucked up? Yeah, he was actually offered the role to direct <laughs> Return of the Jedi. Okay. But he was never contacted. He considered him, but he didn't actually offer it to him. Smart Sorry. Um, but uh, he, this is actually kind of cool, has always wanted to work with Burt Reynolds. I know. <laughs> I read that as well, and I it's was like, like whole He's always yeah. wanted to work with Burt Reynolds. I don't know, because Burt Reynolds is awesome. He's, fucking- <laughs> He's awesome. Yeah, he is awesome. Um, he is, this is another thing that I just like absolutely love about him and like just being a Canadian in general yeah. is that he's a huge advocate of the Canadian government funding films through yep. grants. Like all but three of his movies were all filmed in Ontario and he says that every country should have a system of government grants. Like they, like I, 
you can just apply for a grant. Like if yeah. you're making a movie or you're like going on tour. Um, if you're making, a musician. Like, yeah, making a video or anything like yeah. that. Like Canada like gives us grants for that it's, shit. It's fabulous. Like Factor, I know like because I'm a musician, like Factor is definitely uh, a way that I think, I mean, to have the government actually be able to like you know, sponsor help finance help, and stuff. Help yeah. finance. It's it's a fantastic. It's amazing. It's amazing, and I don't know. You don't have to pay it back either. No, I it's. I think it just helps to to bolster creativity. Yeah, the creativity, the arts in in your country. It's like, why would you not want to have like this like I know. Our amazing repertoire like, of of films and music and we're stuff. We're definitely that we like can yeah, like our country of. is like is big on representing our country in in entertainment business you yeah. know what I mean like in film and music and so that's it's great it's wonderful like I really wish that it was like that everywhere but unfortunately is it isn't um so obviously he's uh like in Nightbreed and um has cameos in Into the Night and The Fly and Shivers and Videodrome but in Videodrome he just wears a helmet and is like doing a body double for James Woods I can't you With can't wait. Oh, we're, we're, we'll get okay. into that. Um, right. And uh, he's also has a cameo in Jason X. <laughs> Who? When? Yeah. What? Yeah. What yeah. He's in Jason X. When? Yeah. What? No, he, when? <laughs> no. Like, they're like blowing Megan's mind no. right now. Yeah. He, um, I can't remember. I haven't seen Jason X in a really long time. And the only scene I remember is when he like freezes the girl's face and smashes it on the counter. But yeah, he has a small, very small cameo in Jason X. Um, he recently That's actually. That's a bad movie. I know. Wait a second. You're like, oh yes, that's a bad movie. I forgot that we were associating it with get to space is like when it starts to get bad. Isn't that funny how he's like this innovator of Dude, I know, and then he's in that I know. It's also a Canadian movie as well, so they probably asked him and he was like, sure, why not? Like whatever. I hate that mask. I know the metal one. I know. Um but yeah, so he published his first novel in 2014. It's called Consumed. And I I have it, but I haven't read it yet. But it's been compared to William S. Burroughs, and William S. Burroughs is one of his is heroes, of his, like heroes, um, like biggest inspirations. Um, he turned down directing RoboCop and Top Gun. Okay. I don't even know why they offered him I Top Gun. I don't. What? what? Yeah, he. They offered him Top Gun. RoboCop, okay. I can see, yes, but RoboCop, yeah, Top because Gun? RoboCop has all those existential questions that I yeah. think. Yeah, that's another body. Yeah. Body horror-ish horror. sort of movie, but like, but like Top Gun, Highway to the Cronenberg Zone. <laughs> <laughs> that's a yeah, that's but, really um, weird. Uh, this is also another thing that I just love about him so much. He's an atheist, and he has stated that any time he's tried to squeeze himself into a box of any particular religion, he feels claustrophobic and oppressed, and that atheism is an acceptance of what is real. Oh, yay. So I do love that. Yay, science. Yay, Whee! science. I also love that uh, in some of the trivia that I read that uh, Martin Scorsese read, uh, saw some of his uh, earlier movies and was like, oh, I like this guy. I want to meet him. And he told him he looked like a fucking Hollywood plastic surgeon. Weird. Who told who who? Martin, Martin Scorsese, Scorsese was like, yeah, Cron- he was like, yo, you look like a fucking... <laughs> 
Hollywood plastic surgeon. He does. He's got like, the high hair. I he's guess, got yeah, like he, yeah. He's got didn't like he a say weird that he was like I was reading. About didn't him. Martin Scorsese say that he like wanted to meet him, but he was like afraid to meet him? Yeah, he was and afraid. And then Cronenberg was like, uh, "You made Taxi Driver, and yeah. you're afraid to meet me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then shit. subsequently said, "You look like a Hollywood plastic surgeon." Yeah. Okay. So um, okay. Basically, I want to run through his movies and talk about each of them not every single one sorry i'm not gonna like make this a three hour long episode um but i have made them i have i have made them into two separate lists so uh i'm gonna talk about the ones that he wrote and directed and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk about the ones that he just directed yes okay so shivers is the first one that i'm gonna mention because that was like his first like big movie I think yeah, the like he first did a two couple before Stereo and Crimes of the Future yeah. were both silent uh in black and white and then they had overdubbed uh commentary after the fact mm-hmm. uh so they technically weren't like full films yeah like I guess like Shivers was like his first like feature actual film feature that was film, like released yeah. in the theaters yeah. so Shivers uh, I love, I love Shivers. Um, originally, it was titled Orgy of the Blood Parasites. Well, I <laughs> that's a little bit too much. Yeah, that I, is too much. I think Shivers um, is a little more succinct, and I, I started watching it today. I didn't finish it, but I, I really it, enjoyed it. No. Okay, it's, it's fantastic. Like, honestly, David Cronenberg is a fucking genius. Like, he just comes up with such good ideas. Okay, so it's basically... It's about a doctor who does experiments by implanting a parasite into a woman, uh, which causes uncontrollable sexual desire. Uh, Um, But after he he kills her, and then he kills himself um, because he he like feels remorse and everything. So he and is crazy. So he made this bitch super horny and then killed her. Uh, No, no, sorry. He does the experiment on her and he implants a parasite into her um i guess it it does it causes uncontrollable like sexual desire but it went wrong so he killed her and then he felt bad so he killed himself but um after that happens the parasite like is uh comes out of her body and it's loose in this high-rise building like where he lives where the where he conducted the and it's on an island so they have it's a it's it's a a very like it's like a microcosm so it's like nobody can escape it's on an island. Yeah, Ooh, I love that. Yeah, so um, everybody in the building, in the high rise building, is infected and like all horny. But it's very a lot of his early movies are very zombie esque. So they're like really horny and like have uncontrollable like sexual desire. But it's like in a unnerving manner. Oh, like okay. it's like I'm gonna fucking like kill you, like or eat you. You know what I mean? But also fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's really fucking good. It's awesome. Yeah, I find I found that because I watched Shivers and I watched Rabid, uh, and I just find that like, especially like his earlier movies, like there's a like a a lot of the Cronenberg like creepy disease like creature like infestation like parasite kind of concept but everything is so sexualized yes i know it's like rabid like and i know that like uh marilyn chambers was a porn star Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that was like i know like uh the person that he wanted to originally cast was Was basic yeah but like that he intentionally cast marilyn chambers because she was a porn star Almost because it's, like, the way that in Rabbit they're, like, she, like, feeds. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, like, you, like, 
is pressing like the other person against her and like she's like moaning and it's like fucking it's very sexual yeah it's like, um the producers definitely pretty disturbing. encouraged him to hire marilyn chambers like for the sex appeal 